You're listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Engler, and this is episode 32. Now, I'm joined here today with the co-host of this podcast, Mr. Zach Preston, a.k.a. Freshly Squeezed Orange Zachity. What's up, buddy? What's going on, Pulps and Pulpettes? It's your boy, Freshly Squeezed Orange Zachity. Back here to talk with you, Jeffrey, and to discuss another great week of AEW content. Yeah, that's for sure, buddy. Um, So before we get into Dark or Dynamite this week, which was amazing, uh, let's get straight into the news. So Darby Allen, during uh, the taping of um, Dynamite, uh, suffered a concussion, uh, I think, during the attack from Ricky Starks and uh, uh, Brian Cage when he came out there. I mean, this guy's got to start taking care of himself, man. If he wants a long career, uh, he's he's already getting hurt back-to-back. I mean, he's a crazy guy, and he does some crazy stuff, so I'm sure nothing's going to slow him down. But I just don't want to see him hurt anymore. I don't want him to see him out. Like, what if, you know, the concussion's bad enough to where he misses another you know, couple of dynamites so the doctor doesn't clear him sort of stuff? Um, it's just, I don't know. you got to take, take better care of yourself, Darby Allen. We want to see you wrestle. Uh, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, I mean, speaking of concussions, man, I, I think you take a cautious tale like a Daniel Bryan. I know he's obviously across the pond, but I think, um, you know, somebody that we can look at and say, like, you know, concussions damn near cost him his career, you know, thought to have cost him his career, but still took, you know, years off of his career and maybe his life. So definitely uh, an industry that you need to stay healthy. So hopefully, like you said, Darby can uh, – uh, you know, figure out a way to perform the way he wants to perform and uh, maybe not be quite as reckless because um, I think we all enjoy him and he deserves to live a good life. Um, got a couple pieces here. Um, about a couple interesting pieces of news. One was uh, Adam Cole being on the Pat McAfee show and kind of having a little um, back and forth with him that turned into a, a cuss out session and a shoving match. There's a lot of people online speculating that it was a work, um, but a pretty interesting uh, you know, occurrence over there. Video is definitely worth taking a watch. I'm sure you can just Google it and find it online. Uh, the next piece of news, a big piece of news, is WWE losing its TV deal with Sky Italia um, after two decades. And Sky Italia is now going to air AEW Dynamite instead, um, which is a huge deal. So um, I don't know what that means for the accessibility of normal WWE programming as a non uh, pay per view programming. Um, but a huge blow to their, uh, you know, global aspirations and a huge victory for AEW. So congratulations to the AEW team uh, for pulling that one off. Um, one of my favorite pieces of news we found out today earlier that Warhorse is finally going to be taking on Cody for the TNT Championship, and we'll get to that later. Um, and last but certainly not least, the uh, ratings this week. Um, Non-DVR numbers come out, shows that AEW averages. 845,000 for the week um, and NXT uh, only averaging in the low 600,000 so a huge victory AEW back over 800,000 for the first time and uh, on a dynamite and I think months I'd have to go back and check the ratings but it's been a while since they've been over 800 
Um, so hats off to them. Again, huge week for AEW on that front. Um, so yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, and I know they did uh, one million plus uh, just in the the Young Buck segment there, uh, which over five hundred something thousand was in the eighteen to forty nine demo just in that in that one segment. So, I mean, it's really really good. I mean, the demo uh, that they're hitting. I mean, they're double sometimes almost tripling uh, NXT's numbers on some of these demos. So. Uh, it, it's pretty awesome. Uh, do you see Chris Jericho's new shirt? <laughs> it says Demo God. Oh yeah, 18, Demo God. Yes, eighteen forty nine, like uh, like in a Steve Austin Stone Cold shirt. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's yeah. great. They're, they are definitely riding this out, and and that's the thing, man. Those are good wins because the younger generation, like, they're the ones spending the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, that's what the advertisers uh, want. I mean. What are they? They're not marketing like, uh, you know, penis pills or uh, fucking life alert or, you know what I mean? In that 50 plus demo. <laughs> We're not, this isn't farmers only, yep. farmers only dot com or whatever. This is, uh, a, you know, 18 to 49. This is good quality uh, programming. People buying stuff, people spending their money and, uh, you know. Especially with that T-shirt company, uh, <laughs> oh man! So let's get right into dark this week. Uh, dark had some highs and lows, just like usual. Um, but let's get into it. So the first match was Rache Chanel versus Hikaru Shida. Um, I mean, what I took from this is, uh, is Hikaru Shida is just awesome she's just awesome she really picked up the slack and i don't think it was a slack um of that the girl is not talented i think Rache chanel is talented i think she's kind of leaning on her gimmick a little too much uh you know patting on her head making sure her hair's all right and uh you know stuff like that and it's kind of taken away from oh yeah brushing brushing Sheeta's hair in the middle of the match yeah yeah it i mean orange cassidy gets away with weird gimmicks like that i I think that's about as far as it goes with me (laughs) um because i think the girl's talented so uh there was i don't know yeah the coman spot was it was stupid uh but the running knees looked great from Sheeta. uh really good stuff really tough and then that falcon arrow for the win man Pretty much we knew what was going to happen, but I'm hoping this Roche Chanel girl kind of not changes her gimmick, just maybe maybe in this tag team tournament that's going to be coming up, uh, maybe she'll uh, tag with somebody that's like, you know, more of a a hard style wrestler so she can play off of that a little bit more. That'd be that'd be nice. What would you have on this match? Yeah, man. Um, again, one of those matches we say week after week, you know, the uh, outcome is definitely not in question prior to the match. Um, but, you know, Chanel got a lot of offense in last week. We were talking about her, um, about her match on Dark. And, you know, she got beat handily, but she did get some offense in here. Like you said, she looked really good. Um, I don't mind the gimmick. I know what you're saying, but I think it creates this, like, interesting blase, like, you know, blase attitude towards the match itself but like it's still a good wrestler i don't know it you know she's definitely exploring that character and and i'm all for it so uh, we'll see where she goes from there Uh, but again uh, just 
obviously meant to be a boost for Hikaru Shida. I do like her getting the win off of the Falcon Arrow. I know she hit the running knee before then. Um, what she hit that she hit that like knee strike to the side of the head or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then how, how did that ending go? She blocked the first Falcon Arrow, I think, and then took the second one. Yeah, I think there was kind um, of a slip up. Uh, I don't think she jumped. She, she was going to dead yeah, after. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is I'm saying, but with that combo, typically you see Sheeta Moore get the pin off of the running knee and not at the Falcon Arrow. So yeah. uh, you don't see women win off a of big power move. So I'm a huge fan of the Falcon Arrow being the finisher here. And I hope to see more of that moving forward. So um, overall, uh, good match. Nothing wrong with it. Um, so uh, anyway, good start to dark. We, uh, after that, moved on to Kip Sabian versus Corey Hollis. And, Going into this match, I already knew what your favorite part of the match was going to be. <laughs> I think uh, Kip Sabian was, uh, he had somebody with him at the ring this week. Her name was Penelope Ford, I believe. Um, you like her, right? <laughs> I, I knew you missed her. I definitely know you it, missed her. It man. literally says right here, God, I miss Penelope Ford <laughs> with the, like 13 <laughs> exclamation points. Um, yeah, dude, I really did. She looked incredible. <laughs> that pink gear is just, I mean, phew. Uh, it's its cool hey, that she, Kip Sabian he I was just gonna say, matched his gear with her gear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I really like the vibe that she has, that, like, no fucks given kind of vibe. It's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Kip kind of has that, too, but he's, like, relatively such a small dude, and so I think it's kind of funny coming from him. Um, but anyway, this match was... Uh, was pretty good. Um, another one of those matches you didn't expect Corey Hollis to go over here. Definitely building up the Kip Sabian character. Um, both wrestlers look good. Um, I didn't really have anything uh, written down that was, you know, too overly like special in this match. Um, but yeah, Kip Sabian uh, gets his finisher for the win. You know. Yeah, I mean this this Hollis guy. Uh, he had a a really nice moonsault and and Zagiri, uh I mean, the Deathly Hollows for the win, obviously. Uh, I don't know. Kip's always he's always getting better, in, in my opinion. I think uh, more work with him. I mean, if you look at his match with uh, Sammy Guevara on, like, the first couple weeks, um, I mean, it's leaps and bounds. So, I, I mean, he, he's grown on me. But, yeah, Penelope Ford was the highlight of this match for me, even though we only got to see her for a little bit. She did the splits, so... It was more than enough. Um, but this Corey Hollis guy didn't look bad. Um, not at all. But it led right into the Nightmare Sister promo. Um, and they both look incredible, man. Uh, I'm, I'm really liking this tag team uh, that they have here. And it was just kind of bringing up the question like uh, we were trying to make noise uh, with this tag uh, tag team and we kind of want to make a you know tag team tournament or a division which uh what what are your thoughts on that man because i know their singles division really isn't established uh and it's because a lot of their talent is stuck overseas um so i mean a tag tournament uh did they even have enough people to fill it or are they gonna have to introduce a lot more people i know it says later in the summer so maybe they're gonna wait until they get all their talent back like even like the hurt people um so uh, yeah what do you think man 
I like it. Um, I, I, we've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. You know, they need to do something on that front. And I said, you know, exactly what they've been alluding to. And we'll get to it later in the show as well. But like, hey, if you're going to boast, you've got the best tag team division in the entire world. Like, it can't just be the men here. Like, we've got to we've got to set up something that's like puts us apart. Like, you know, even <clears throat> WWE has. um introduced their uh women's tag champions but that kind of has been an afterthought seemingly ever since they introduced it which is very sad so i think the time is right you know there's definitely interest in that and aew can take this ball like and run with it on a mainstream level so uh, i hope they continue to trend this way and i'm excited about um what's to come for the women's tag team division the nightmare sisters obviously are looking good um i think what they say they're four and oh as of now i think uh they mentioned that during that promo so um, all around, uh, good promo and, uh, hopefully they keep continuing in this direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I know they can't make belts right now, so I don't know what they're going to do. I know this tournament isn't for tag team titles. It's for a cup. Um, so what that cup looks like is even, uh, just speculation right now, but it's going to be a solo cup. A solo cup. <laughs> this is a big red solo cup. That'd be nice. Uh, so uh, the next match was uh, Brady Pierce and or Price Brady Brady Pierce and Sabby versus uh, the best friends. Um, I must say, man, that dude's gold boots are kind of growing on me a little bit, man. It's like a staple of his that I'm like, oh yeah, gold boots guy. I um, mean, he's not great, but. Um, Dude, this savvy guy actually looked really good, man. I know he, uh, I think he was in, was he an X Impact guy? No, he is a uh, an oh, NXT big, guy where he that's went what under he was. Tino Sabatelli. That's what it was. I knew it was either Impact or NXT. Uh, I didn't watch any NXT really, so it's probably why I didn't really know who he was. I was just trying to catch little things on commentary, uh, but I missed where he was from, so I didn't. Write it down. Uh, <laughs> um, he he looked pretty strong, man. It looked like he was putting in his full. Um, he had his game face on. He was stiff, stiff as fuck, especially with Trent. Uh, him, uh, him and this savvy guy went back and forth. Um, but you know, strong zero for the win. Uh, d- didn't see any other outcome but that. What do you have on this one? Yeah, man. Um, all around solid match. You know, people could say what they want about WWE, and I know your feelings about them, um, especially towards NXT. You know, they go head to head, obviously, with Dynamite on a Wednesday, um, in which it's turning out to be a losing battle, which is great, like we've discussed. Um, but, you know, the, the deal is with NXT, like, those guys are actually there in the performance center, and they are training. So, you know, for what it's worth, uh, this Tino Sabatelli, well, I guess he's going under Sabby now, but Tino Sabatelli, like, he spent time, like, that was his job to, like, be there and get better in the ring, get better, you know, on the promo, on the stick or mic, whatever you want to call it, um, and just get better as a performer. So it doesn't surprise me that he came in here, um, you know, essentially ready to roll. You know, he's he's been fine-tuning his gimmick, his, his moveset, his everything for, for a couple years now, so... It uh, doesn't surprise me at all that he was stiff. I'm sure he wanted to come in and make a good impression. 
Um, but again, one of those matches, you know, best friends did best friends things. They look good here as a tag team. We've been lobbying for them as a tag team to eventually get, um, you know, gold around their waist before they eventually break them up. I do do hope that happens at some point. Um, again, you mentioned earlier strong zero for the win on uh, Pierce. So I'm glad that Sabby did not take the pin here because I do think um, that he has some potential to uh, make headway here in AEW. This could be a nice start for him. Um, but all around, um, solid match. Again, best friends doing best friends things um, and getting the win. Um, I know you like this match, but uh, uh, up next we had Will Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. Actually a really cool match. Um, we're big fans of Ricky Starks. We think he he looks good in the ring. This Will Hobbs dude is huge, man. I was surprised that, uh, uh, that they fed him to Ricky. He Starks, but I, I I will say he got some good offense in, looked like a big dude. But again, Ricky Starks, little dude wrestling like he's a big dude. And I know you're gonna say the same thing, man. He he didn't look uh it didn't look unrealistic for him to be, you know, uh kind of matching up with Hobbs as far as um believability and like going over or taking the loss here. I think um Although Hobbs definitely had the strength, uh, Ricky Starks again just didn't look out of his element, and I'm I'm glad he picked up the win here. Uh, what he's using that little double arm dominator, I guess, uh, to get the win here. I don't know if that's his. Uh, is that I don't. That's not his finisher, is it? Yeah, it's a uh, double underhook sit out DDT. Is that what he's doing as his finisher? I didn't know if he had another move that he was using. I think that's it because he even he did it to Darby Allen. Uh during his mm-hmm. run-in too so i think that's it man mm-hmm. I, he needs to come up with a name because i'm not going to keep calling it the double underhook ddt or what i don't even know if it's a ddt it's a double underhook sit out face slam dom I, it looks like a dominator man yeah i don't know um you remember farouk remember when farouk and bradshaw with the apa if farouk used to do that dominator oh yeah I, I i always just i was always uh fighting them in the boiler room so <laughs> oh i know mercy for sure right <laughs> oh dude that level sucked it was a handicap match yeah. fighting the ap whatever their names were um yeah so good such a good game though <laughs> but anyway uh what'd you get what do you have on this uh starks hobbs match uh, dude hobbs is a beast but ricky starks is a star uh and there's a difference there so hobbs literally i mean he can i guarantee he can muscle anybody in the company um and he'll find his in between the moves um charisma uh you know they all have to find that to become stars in wrestling and ricky starks has that man all the in between faces his uh his moves his you know all the little things that he does the little stances the little like flamboyant things that he does in between the moves is what matters. The moves, all of them can do the same moves. They can all do moonsaults. They can all do DDTs. They can all do forearm smashes and and stuff like that. They all train pretty much the same. What makes them breakout stars is all the stuff in between the characters, the building, telling a story in the ring, and mic work, which we know Ricky Starks can obviously cut a promo. Um... I mean, the guy looks like a million bucks. I'm, I'm already down with his damn theme song. I, every time he comes out, I'm singing it. Dan, 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 
and he does a little guitar thing and i'm like dude this guy is golden already man um i really like this match i really did um it was definitely my dark match of the week uh <laughs> um but that led us right into Aaron Soro. Soro? Soro? Solo. Solo. But it's S-O-R-O-W. No, I think it's S-O-L-O-W. Oh, maybe Solo. I missed one. Oh, yeah. Versus yeah, Scorpio I believe it's Aaron Sky. Solo. So this is Bailey's uh, fiance? Yes, sir. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, I had the TKO for the win. This was actually a really good match. The guy can work. Um, I mean, he definitely made Scorpio Sky not work up to him, but, I mean, he gave him a run for his money in a couple spots. Uh, uh, they both had a couple of little hiccups here and there, but all in all, it was a really, really great match. Uh, obviously, me and you are both big fans of Scorpio Sky. I think he needs more more Scorpio Sky stuff he needs uh his own t-shirt he needs to get completely away from scu and i mean to the point where maybe he feuds with them or something to to set him completely apart Uh, i like that he's finally wearing scorpio sky gear only and not stuff that he wore with scu um i like his new entrance his new theme song the the fucking video package is completely different i like that you know it's the boom box and all that stuff so he's he's on the right path um maybe get him give him some uh promo time get us to get involved and see if uh you know you know if he's going to be a viable person to be in this singles division up towards the top or if he's just going to be a mid-card guy with you know the likes of mjf and uh and Jungle Boy and stuff like that, which they're not really mid card. It's it's so weird. This company, um, the mid card guys to me are these indie guys. That's who looks like the mid card guys. The rest of these people to me, I'm invested in every single one of their stories. I mean, you have people like Michael Nakazawa. I mean, that's like your lower tier guys, but everybody else, I'm pretty much invested in. I I, I like everybody besides like luther (laughs) and that's sad to say i mean i mean that's good to say not sad um because i remember growing up hating a bunch of fucking wrestlers (laughs) i hated a bunch of people because they are all pissing me off um maybe it's just i'm grown up and i know that's not real i don't know um but yeah this this match was good tko for the win um and so what would you have on this man sorry i went off on a little rant let's say you gave me a couple things to respond to here (laughs) one i think what aew does really well is they 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 don't put their champion on a pedestal as if he's like more important than the rest of the roster and untouchable um whether it's been jericho or it's been moxley you know they've changed their place all over the card they don't show up every week um they're not wrestling every week like they really give like other storylines like room to breathe and like room to like have its own space to grow without being in the shadows of the champion's storyline which tends to dominate wwe um you know kind of the the trap that they've fallen into there where kind of the rest of the rest of the show seems relatively insignificant to what's going on there and i think that's what aew does a good job at to kind of 
piggyback on what you were saying about there kind of not being a mid card. And I think that's the reason why you're saying like there's not a mid card is because every feud feels important. I think they do a good job of like making you invested in that. And speaking of investment, the second thing that I need, needed to touch on from what you said earlier is we all know Scorpius guy's accolades. Like in the ring, he's got the look, he, he's got the charisma, like you said. Um, they're definitely building him out to be a star, but we need as fans at this point more of a reason to care about Scorpius guy as a singles competitor. I think that's what we're missing here is, mm-hmm. is yeah, put him put put the mic in his hand, let him go a little bit, tell some stories with some like good ring time, like you said, maybe feud with SCU. Let's do it on some dynamite, get some eyes on it. Give us a reason to care about Scorpius guy more than just picking up wins um against guys here on on dark, which is don't get me wrong. Great. You know, again, a way to build organically from the bottom. But uh, I think this guy's on a much faster path. But, hey, you know, for all we know, this could be very intentional slow, slow burn because ob- they most likely have the next, I would say, what, 12 to 18 months, a rough outline of what the main picture is going to look like between the TNT title and the world title. But they probably have all that, uh, uh, you know, at least at least outlined. And if Scorpio's guy isn't in those plans, it probably is better for him not to be built up too quickly. So, uh, but nonetheless, there's still things we can do. Like you said, put the mic in his hand. Let's hear what he has to say. Um, this was a very competitive match. Um, like you said, uh, Aaron Solo did get a lot of offense in here. Um, so I, I think what's interesting for me is when I, look at Scorpio's guys like are we going to do this as a face or are we going to do this as a heel because he could be either um I think it would be a lot easier to build him up as a heel because I think to build an organic baby face you can't come in and get you know very very decisive wins he's not going to come in like job you know make somebody job out to him because the baby face is built by the comeback you know when you're talking about the psychology of a match so you know, he's never destined to have a super, super, super dominant performance because, again, that's just not how you build that character. So we're going to have to sit here and see these matches where, you know, these Scorpio Sky matches are maybe more competitive than we desire them to be. Does that kind of make sense? Um, this one was yeah, ultra competitive. Um, again, obviously hits the TKO at the, at the end for the win. You knew he's getting the win here. But again, you know, somebody who's a star in the making, you have to ask yourself, like, do I want him taking this much offense? Yeah, um, I don't know this uh, this uh, Aaron guy. I mean, he's wrestling next week on on Dark also, so uh, maybe he could be you know woven into. It might be a more of a showing for him than it was Sky, uh, and that's how I kind of looked at the Allen Angel kind of thing because you know obviously we knew Kenny Omega was going over. We knew. Uh, you know, all these different people, but I think it's just, I think they're selective on who they give the time to and who they give these, uh, squashed out quick little, uh, matches to, um, I don't know. I just think, uh, you're right. I mean, more promo time, more mic time, give us something to care about find something, maybe not a catchphrase, but more like, uh, Something that can be put on a t-shirt for himself. It seems like when these people come out with these t-shirts and they post them all over Twitter and pro wrestling tea blows up and you know, you get the best selling t-shirt for a week. It seems like to put you on this trajectory, ugh, did I say that right? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, like Britt Baker did. Britt Baker 
you know, started coming out with uh, good merch. She started having better promo times. Uh, you know, her heel work was great. Her matches were getting better. Uh, and I use her ex- as an example because she went from me shitting on her every single week to me praising her even now. Uh, and she's not even wrestling every week. It, anyways, we went on a long <laughs> tangent here. Uh, let's get into this next match. It was Kylan King versus Diamante. Um, I really like Diamante, but I also really like Kylan King, man. She's tall. She's different from everybody on the roster. Um, she's, I mean, this match was good uh, for what it was. Uh, you know, you had Diamante using that code red for the win. Um, what would you have on this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, just like you said, it was a good match. Um, nothing st- stood out as far as like blew me away in this match. Um, I like Diamante, obviously her uh, former affiliation with LAX, which is now proud and powerful. You wonder if eventually they're going to team them up together, uh, at some point here in the future. But, um, you know, they definitely used the size difference between the two women as part of the storytelling aspect of this match, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, you're right about Kylan King, man. She, she has that different look. She's got that, you know, bright Auburn red hair. Um, very Becky Lynch like as far as the hair is concerned, but uh, you know, just a, a big brooding presence. Um, typically, when you see uh, or when you t- rather than when you typically see you know much smaller women wrestling. So um, she's a woman that could kind of stand toe to with Nyla Rose and kind of look her in the eye. You know, uh, kind of look uh, Chris Statlander in the eye. You know, those are some taller and some some bigger girls that wrestle. So I'm a big fan of both of these women. I think they have uh, futures here in AEW, but. Uh, you know, again, at some point we got to move past just like this match, match, match. Like we've got to have some mic work mm-hmm. um, for anybody. Let's give us a reason to care about Diamante. Give us a reason to care about Kylan King. Just like we were saying about Scorpio Sky, I think um, sometimes uh, AEW can fall into that, especially with Dark when they jam matches in and they're trying to jam, you know, again, a lot of matches in a short amount of time. Um, you know, we just we just don't get character progression as far as some of these people that we're seeing week after week on dark uh, i would just like to see them start to develop some of their like backstories you know yeah i mean you're definitely uh right on that um i will say this she did come out and say uh that she is the best thing that's ever came out of ohio uh that's what kylan king said into the camera as she walked out during her entrance so maybe just because she's an ohio girl we might uh have to be homers here man uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. So she's got stiff competition because you've got Grater's Ice Cream, you've got Skyline, you've got the AEW World Champion John Moxley. You've got a lot of great things, but I think the number one thing that comes out of Ohio is the 100% Elite Podcast. And that's a fact that you could take to the bank. So Kyla King might be the number three thing to come out of Ohio because I would say it's number two, John Moxley, then number one, the 100% elite podcast. Yeah, um, you lost me there. I'm just kidding. Um, so after this Kylan King match um, was Robert Anthony versus Darby Allen. Um, now this was a pretty cool match. This one had some good psychology. I mean, you had Robert, uh, 
Um, Anthony getting mad at Darby Allen because he wouldn't pay attention to the match and he's kind of focusing, uh, you know, all of his uh, frustration and stuff like that over at Taz because uh, obviously there's a big storyline building up with them. And, um, you know, you had that nice coffin drop for the win. Darby Allen basically ramping up towards the end. Um, and then you had uh, the the run-in and the the spot with, uh, you know, Ricky Starks coming in. And, and it seemed like we were hinting at a team-up, which we'll later find out uh, all about that in Dynamite. But uh, wh- what do you think about Taz, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks as a, you know, three-man band there? Um, <laughs> three-man band, man. That was the meat and potatoes of this segment. Obviously, you want to get Darby out. Allen some ring time in just having made his comeback last week on Dynamite to help with John Moxley. Um, yeah, a really competitive match. Um, yeah, like I said, you know these competitors are really good at telling their storylines within the matches, um, which you alluded to. Um, but yeah, that surprised me. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, I would love to get get Taz on the mic to hear more. Maybe we'll hear more on Dynamite about that. Maybe we'll wait. Till next week to hear more about that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but just a really interesting pairing here. Not one that I necessarily uh, thought would happen. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember a couple months ago when we started talking about Taz, like we thought he and Darby were going to uh, team up at some point. Just so to kind of see this storyline unfold where now uh, Darby is the current target, if you will, of Taz's obsession. Uh, they kind of seem to have put the John Moxley storyline on hold. Um, for Darby Allen at the time being, but I didn't see Ricky Starks coming. Not that I'm unhappy about it, but uh, I think it gives him time to get more, you know, dynamite storyline. Uh, you know, he's pretty much been a fixture of dark ever since his match with Cody Rhodes. I'm sorry, excuse me, Cody. Bleep. Um, so I'm 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 okay with it, but uh, I'd like to hear more about it. That's, that's that's pretty much it. What are his motivations to uh, to join forces here? You know. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a heel. He works like a heel, but um, I don't know. This could be good, but I, I I want Ricky Starks to talk. I don't want Taz talking for him. Found out, you know, Brian Cage can't really cut a great promo. Um, so I hope he doesn't talk over ricky starks ricky starks is he's got that natural talking ability uh i mean just a small little vignette he came up with had me sucked in like right away so um but that leads right into uh the final match on dark uh the butcher and the blade versus brandon cutler and peter avalon um dude brandon cutler has gotten a million times better than when he first started. Did you see that Tope Suicido tag? That hot tag into that freaking flyout? That was that was some young buck oh, shit, yeah. man. That was so cool. Um, I'm I don't know the the butcher with uh, that double suplex was awesome. It looked pretty brutal, um, but obviously the butcher and the blade uh, getting the <laughs> full death for the win. Um, definitely not. I just don't know. I, I think they need to get, obviously Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon are going to be facing off here soon, or 
maybe they'll get a win as a tag uh, team, but I think they just need to pull the trigger on it, man. It's my opinion. What do you have on this match? Yeah, man, I like this match. Um, I I agree with you. Cutler looks a million times better. I think Peter Avalon looks great as well. I think they look like a good tag team. I also really, really like the Butcher and the Blade. And at this point, they're 10 and 5 in AEW. And it's time that like people start paying attention to them. They need to get off dark. They need to get some good quality wins like as a tag team. I know they were in the winning team in that eight-man tag match. They were not involved in the outcome of that match, of course. Um, but, you know, we need to get them some high-profile wins on Dynamite and start building them up as a legitimate tag team because at this point, they've kind of been, like, stuck in limbo. Um, you know, they kind of did that, that storyline with the Bucks, but they were always meant to be losers in that storyline to start off with. Um, you know, I like them, though. I like Butcher and Blade matches. They remind me of a lot of old school stuff. Um, you know, before the ending, you were talking about that hot tag. Peter Avalon then hits an awesome frog splash. You and I were talking about that a little bit ago. Um, but again, you know, they hit that full death, uh, pick up the win. Obviously, they were getting the win. You know, you always kind of build up that team before going into a match with the Young Bucks to kind of give them, you know, quote unquote, some credibility, some thought that they might do um, what people think is not going to happen. So, um, all around good match, a pretty good dark this week, actually, you know, again, a lot of the, um, a lot of the results weren't really, really in question going into this one. Um, but some good matches were still produced nonetheless. Um, what'd you think of dark this week? I thought it was amazing. Um, we are getting a super stacked, um, AEW dark next week. So, um, here is the long list of matches next week on dark that I'm actually really fucking excited for. Um, so the first match is SCU versus Santana and Ortiz versus private party in a triple, uh, um, triple tag match. Uh, the next one is orange Cassidy, your boy versus Serpentico. Uh, so that's going to be an awesome match. Um, you Serpentico have or Sammy Guevara. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have the initiative, um, which is Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon's uh, tag name? So maybe they're going to make this a solidified thing. And they are going against FTR. So they're going to get demolished. Um, then you have the Dark Order. And uh, um, I mean, it looks like uh, the Beaver Boys, but it's Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Yeah, that's the Beaver Boys. Sorry, he looked different in a mask. Um, versus the best friends, uh, Trent and Chuck. Uh, and then you have Fuego Del Sol versus Sammy Guevara, his first uh, in-ring uh, back from his suspension. Um, you have Corey Hollis, uh, who we saw this week, uh, going against Scorpio Sky. Uh, so that's going to be a good match. And then you have Abaddon returning to dark uh, versus Skylar Moore. Um, ah, so stoked about that one. Yeah, that's going to be good. So you have Lance Archer. Uh, versus Frankie Thomas. Haven't seen Frankie Thomas yet, so maybe he's he's another good guy that they're going to be looking at. Um, and then you have Kenzie Page versus uh, Penelope Ford. Uh, so that is what I'm looking forward to. Um, and then you have the Dark Order, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno versus Sean Dean and Will Hobbs. Um, so that's another match to look forward to. Um, then you have Aaron Solo, uh, versus Wardlow. 
uh, R.I.P. Aaron Solo. Um, and then you have the final match, Michael Naka, Naka, Nakazawa, and uh, Pineapple Pete versus Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. The Bad Romance is what their tag name was. Um, so that's a big episode of Dark right there. It's going to be awesome. Um, really pumped for that. Uh, so before we get into Dynamite, uh, let's get right into the official homework of the week. So homework of the week for me uh, is going to be actually a impact match that just happened at Slammiversary. Um, it's Diana Peraza versus Jordan Grace for the knockouts uh, world's title or women's title. Um, I think it was a great match. I really did like it. Um, I'm really sad that, um, you know, the Virtuosa is not in AEW, but um, somebody gave it a pretty bad score, and I don't think that it was. So Dave Meltzer gave it like a 2.75, which I think he is horribly wrong on this one i think it was actually a really awesome solid match um you know she worked the arm she made jordan grace uh you know old school win and it was it was awesome so that's my match that's my homework yeah, man. Um, that it was a really, really good match. I did not agree with Meltzer's rating either. Uh, but then again, I don't agree with a lot of things that Meltzer has to say. But uh, my match uh, or my homework for this week is uh, from Over the Top Wrestling's fourth year anniversary um, from D- National Stadium in Dublin. We had Will Ospreay versus Walter. Um, an awesome, awesome, awesome match. I think it's about 30 minutes long. Had room to breathe. Uh, Walter, if you're not familiar with Walter, he's on uh, NXT UK as of now, has made some appearances in regular NXT and on the main roster before COVID, um, obviously stuck overseas now, so uh, not performing on a TV near you anytime soon. Uh, but I will post a link to this match on my Twitter. I know Jeff's going to post uh, the link to his match on his Twitter as well. Uh, take a look at both of these matches. Let us know what you think of them. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So let's get right into Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dynamite this week was pretty fucking awesome. It started off really, really hot. Like, really, really hot. Um, Everybody's... What I've been kind of hearing is that they didn't like the second half. Um, That's not the case for me, man. Uh, I really enjoyed a lot of the second half matches. uh, Especially the luchasaurus hager uh jericho jungle boy match i don't know why i said them all out of order like that but um i i truthfully enjoyed it um it was a great showing for hager he 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 put the hurt on people man he really did he showed that he can be the uh the asshole that he's supposed to be um luchasaurus had some really really good uh spots in that match too Woo. We'll get to that at the end of Dynamite, but let's start off with the beginning. Uh, Cody versus a uh, mystery opponent, uh, 
we didn't really know who was going to be. There's a lot of speculation that said it was supposed to be Warhorse, which we all know now Warhorse is going to be this week's uh, Dynamite uh, TNT challenger for that belt. Um, but we had Cody versus Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston comes out and cuts this amazing promo. They give him a live microphone, and he basically challenges Cody to a no DQ match. Um, now, I am a fan of no DQ matches, uh, I must say. And to me, um, this was definitely a no DQ match. I mean, uh, it it blew me away. I really liked it. And then you had a lot of the people uh, online basically <laughs> demanding that Eddie Kingston get a uh, contract out of this, which was pretty cool. He you know, posted on Instagram. Um that he loved all uh, all the things that people were saying, and that it was truly heartwarming, and that he's got a lot to do. I don't know if he was offered a contract or if something was, is going to come up later. Who knows? So for me, uh, like a lot of people, the tax spot. Uh, the tax spot is one of my favorite uh, hardcore spots, man. Uh, right after that is a nice table spot. Um, but the tax to me, I don't know what it is. It just brings out that animalistic side of me, like, yeah, just fucking throw him into it. Um, <laughs> so when uh, Mox's first big uh, hardcore match happened and he brought out the tax, it instantly was like, yep, Mox is my dude. <laughs> if he keeps doing stuff like this, I'm all for it. Um, but this was awesome. Eddie Kingston really brought it to Cody, really uh, brought out the... Uh, the fight and the dog, uh, if you will. Um, Cody looked great here. Eddie Kingston looked amazing. Um, all in all, I thought this was uh, a great opening to Dynamite. This is the way the show should start off. I'm not saying always start off the show with the Cody um, matches, but this one matches like this is what you need to uh, bring the people over from the NXT side. So this was great for me. Uh, what did you have on this match? I think week after week having uh, a title match open the show instead of what, you know, they're counter-programming. Uh, or I'm sorry, what uh, WWE is counter-programming most weeks with, like, an in-ring segment that's, like, talking and, like, super boring way to open the show, I think is a really smart move on TNT's uh, part here in AEW's part. And also, it really lets Cody kind of get his match out of the way and get back to doing his backstage stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think he likes to be there and to kind of like, you know, lets him prepare for the show and for his match earlier. And then, like I said, get back and, and be all hands on deck like he likes to be during the uh, the show. So I understand that. Um, with that said, man, this whole freaking match starts off with this bang and bang and super realistic promo from Eddie Kingston. Uh, you know, we were talking on Dark uh, when we were going over Dark about, you know, giving us a reason to care for these characters and I'll even tell you, like, for the uninitiated of Eddie Kingston, like, that promo gave you a reason to care for Eddie Kingston. When he, what were his exact words? I think they were, I'm a grown-ass man, and I'll put you in the ground and smile. It was, like, one of the <laughs> best lines I've ever heard out of any promo ever, and I think you'd agree with me on that. Um, it, you know, and it didn't stop there. No DQ match, like you said. It was great. It was an awesome match. Um, you know, I... I it, <sighs> This is the this is his toughest title defense I think he's had, um, you know I think the Lance Archer match I 
I'd have to go back and rewatch it. I definitely haven't rewatched it since then. Um, but I recall thinking like, you know, that this match with Eddie Kingston was equally as demanding for Cody as far as, you know, needing to really, really pull out all the stops to get this victory. He's, he's wrestled a lot of smaller, smaller competitors, um, in weeks past, which have brought out like a different move set for Cody, um, which have brought out like a different in ring, like match psychology than this match did. And it was just an awesome, awesome, super refreshing, um, match. Uh, two big guys beating the hell out of each other. This is a brutal tax spot, man. That power bomb was brutal. I mean, if you got to see his back right after that, essentially, it just looked like it just looked like that hurt so so much. So, um, really cool match. Really huge fan of Eddie Kingston. Um, I hope that they they do offer him a contract. I mean, it's kind of the the thing that happened to Abaddon. You know, she came out and so many people were demanding her to be signed to AEW and it kind of started this mini movement on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. So uh, it's good to see the fans backing Kingston at this point. You know, he's been doing this for about two decades now and uh, it never really had the opportunity like this. I think he's held the CZW championship um, in his past. Uh, but, but outside of that, no real like recognizable accolades that I think the average fan would, would realize. So really cool to get him a chance to shine here. You did believe for a second that he could win the match. That's what I really, really liked about the way that they put this match together. But uh, in the end, you know, figure four does it. After Cody was uh, working the knee, Kingston had no choice but to tap. Um, all in all, great match. Um, hats out to Cody because it just shows him that he's a fighting champion. You know what I'm saying? Um, and not everybody's a fighting champion like this. Even when Cena was doing his U.S. Open challenge, which was, uh, you know, the first, the first consistent open challenge that I recall seeing in the uh, recent past, you know, he was still five moves of dooming people and getting getting stuff over within like a couple minutes. And I, I really appreciate that that Cody's putting on good matches week in and week out. So um, hats off to this match. Um, I think it was going to be hard to top this match as far as uh, match of the week for me. So um, right after that match, uh, we moved on into the John Moxley uh, promo. He's somewhere somewhere in the stadium, you would assume. Um, gives a great uh, promo about uh, Brian Cage, and he said next time he, he's not going to hesitate and he's going to rip his arm in two. Um, just kind of putting over Taz, uh, saying that he did the right thing by throwing the talent and he saved his, uh, um, you know, saved his client. I just thought it was a really good promo. I like Moxley when he doesn't have a script. I think they just obviously need to keep running with this. They've got lightning in a bottle here with him. Um, and you know, I think later on at some point, I'd love to have a discussion with you about John Moxley. And I'd love to like dissect kind of what your expectations were when you originally saw him, um, and what he, what he was kind of doing with the beginning of his programming in AEW. I'd love to talk to you at some point about, um, what you thought then versus what you think now, but we'll get into that at another time. what do you think of this promo? Uh, I thought it was a great promo, but, uh, we got time, man. Let's get into it. Cause when he first came in. I'm going to tell you what, Dean Ambrose, not a fan of him. I hate Dean Ambrose. Uh, I think his character was shit. All the stuff they gave him to do was shit. I didn't even think his in-ring work was the greatest. I I, I didn't like his look. Uh, The whole shield thing, you know how I feel about Seth Rollins. I hated him. Still hate him. I think he's garbage. Um, And I just, I hated him. So when John Moxley came in, I wasn't too excited. But then I saw... That freeing moment, uh, they play it a lot, but it's the part where he's literally breathing in that free air, uh, standing on the ropes. Uh, the, the crowd is just, I mean, going nuts. P- 
puts Kenny Omega down, paradigm shift on them chips. Uh, and I'm like, okay, this guy's going to, you know, he's going to make some noise. You know what I mean? Uh, the next match, I think the first match he was in uh, was with Joey Janela, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. It, it was an absolute amazing car crash. That's my favorite type of wrestling is hardcore wrestling. I I love the, the gimmick stu- stuff. I love chairs, tables, thumbtacks, obviously, like we just said, my favorite. Um, I, I think now he is the closest thing that we will ever get to not another Stone Cold, but somebody as badass and as neutral as Stone Cold was. I mean, he had his heel turns and his baby face, but a lot of the times he just did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And that's what John Moxley does now. Uh, it's it's refreshing. Uh, he's amazing on the microphone. My favorite um, promo that he's done is the one after he won the, ch- the title. Uh, he kind of did the same two promos... It was one at the you know pay per view, and then kind of reiterated on it again on Dynamite, just in case people didn't see what he did. But the, we, didn't he have a concussion? Didn't he have a concussion when he initially did that, like after the pay per view? Oh, he was bleeding all over the place. I mean, he had that big gash over his eye. I'm sure he had a concussion. He was fucked up. Um, but the we brought pro wrestling back. This belt is for you guys that believed in us. All that stuff. That was one of the probably realest moments I've ever seen him on the microphone. I think that was all straight from the heart, not a character, not a gimmick. Um, dude, I mean, I buy his shit. I buy his t-shirts. If, if I buy your t-shirts, especially now, uh, I obviously care. Uh, I mean, I'm putting money in your pockets and AEW's pockets, pro wrestling tees pockets, whatever, <laughs> whoever gets this money. <laughs> um, but like I said earlier, man, there's not a lot of people I don't like in AEW, and that's what's really awesome about this. But so, what? What? How do you feel about John Moxley? Do you feel like he's grown since his WWE uh, days? Yeah, you know, I knew John Moxley um, before he ever became Dean Ambrose. I knew who John Moxley was. I've been a, you know, a scene, a, a fan of the local wrestling scene. You know, follow local wrestlers around the Cincinnati area. Um, so I always knew that his WWE Dean Ambrose was a very distilled version of John Moxley. You know, they kind of cooked all the like the grunge and like they cooked the dirt out of him. You know, the things that really make his character, like you just said, that neutral bad- badass. Because in real, in reality, I've heard him say in interviews, you know, to be a wrestling character, the best character you could ever be is yourself, like with the volume turned up. And I think that's what you're getting. Everything that you know, I've read or heard about John Moxley or from John Moxley in different interviews, like this is like who he really is. Like he's a dude that's like, you know, here's what I'm going to give you, and if it's good enough for you, you're going to be a fan of it. If it's not good enough for you, go fuck yourself. Essentially, like I know he's, you know, he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone, and he carries that, he carries that with him. And I think for like the John Everyman, if you will, like us, like we can really latch on to that like mindset, like you know you know, we are who we are. And I just think that's a relatable character. Um, so I always knew that he was that, you know, a lot of people tend to forget is that even though we did get a watered down version of John Moxley as Dean Ambrose, you know, he still made the most of it. He, he, he was literally given dog turds to work with. You know what I'm saying? Like they gave him stupid lines. They gave him stupid jokes. I mean, we've talked about it earlier. They wanted him to come out and make a joke about Roman Reigns cancer, which is just fucking 
despicable and they just really gave him shit to work with and you know he did give, give you some polished herds um with that you know definitely did his best and he became the heavyweight champion i mean that doesn't that doesn't happen by accident you know it's not going to happen like you said people aren't buying the merch so you know to his credit with what he was given he still made the most of it he became uh, a huge huge champion um in wwe so i, I always knew that he was going to be be this in aew um it doesn't surprise me at all i was so amped to see him uh, give that paradigm shift to, uh, or dirty deeds, whatever he was calling it at the time, to uh, uh, Kenny Omega on top of the huge poker chips. I thought that was a huge holy shit moment um, to see him like come face to face with Jericho. Oh my god, was electric! That whole freaking segment when he debuted was electric. Like you said, he smelled in the air, gave an that awesome promo. Like he's just everything that I want to see in a wrestler. So um, I'm not surprised at his success. I'm very grateful that he's with AEW, and I'm happy for him with his success. So um, hats off to him, and hopefully he's a champion for, for, for many months and years to come. Hopefully he's a multi-time champion and uh, goes down as one of the greatest uh, in AEW history. So, uh, But enough of John Moxley. Like I said, we could sing his praises forever. Um, we saw Dynamite to go up next was MJF, of course, unfortunately, accompanied by Wardlow. I'd love to see him get out there more, um, versus Griff Garrison. Uh, I think this is his first time uh, wrestling on Dynamite. We've seen him on Dark before. Uh, but kind of, he, he looks like a little Jungle Boy, doesn't he, kind of, uh, to an extent? Um, jungle Man. So it was, it, <laughs> right, Jungle Man. So I guess he was a big Jungle Boy. So um, MJF, you know, only wanting to fight wrestlers that look like Jungle Boys. So um, anyway, you know, MJF doing his normal MJF thing. You know, heel throughout the match, grabbing the microphone. Uh, just total heel tactics again this was a match that i didn't expect to go down any differently than it did um griff garrison got just destroyed in this match i mean this match was all mjf uh so in any case uh, what i want to see out of this is more wardlow matches i just hate seeing him uh behind mjf it's such a gross misuse of his character but we will get to see him next week at least on dark now what do you have on this match jeff I thought this was awesome. I mean, you have the moments where he's literally beating this guy down and talking trash to him. It, it, it was one of uh, one of the moments where I'm like, MJF is literally in his in his perfect place where he should be. Like, this is his wheelhouse. This is his um, this is his game. I, I would like to see this more. Him taking on. Uh, more, I mean, I wouldn't really call them jobbers anymore because they've been around for so long. Uh, the workers, uh, maybe, maybe jobbers is a little too uh, derogatory. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but real quick, that's what I was going to ask you about that when you're saying that is like, do you see this? While I do agree with what you're saying that this is great, like it is cool to see this. Do you? Is this believable for him to do against the main main roster star? Like, I just I don't see that no. like happening. No, I, yeah, I don't see him being able to do that to a main roster star because they'll they'll fight back. You know what I mean? Uh, doing this to a local talent guy or a you know a worker, um, it's believable, and he could definitely do this because MJF is MJF. He's better than you, and you know it. Um, and I just like his shtick. Uh, I would like to see Wardlow break off, but I'm one of the people who likes it. I like him with Wardlow right now. Obviously there's a few to Bruin because they keep hinting at this turn, 
But like AEW does, they don't give us exactly what we want when we want it. They let us, uh, you know, yearn for it. They they want us to uh, have our mouths watering and uh, and this sounds really sexual. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? They uh, <clears throat> oh yeah. They don't just oh, yeah. listen to us and spoon feed us uh, whatever bullshit that we want. Uh, like, like this Wardlow or this Warhorse thing. Uh, you know, the fans demanded it. They gave it to us, but they gave us a little, uh, a little in between what we had. I think this was already pre-taped, anyways. But they hinted at it, and then this week was Eddie Kingston, which was a great surprise because it was an awesome match. But uh, they're giving us Warhorse next week, uh, which I don't know if anybody else knows how short Warhorse is compared to Cody. <laughs> it's gonna look like Cody versus Jungle Boy all over again. <laughs> Not that it's a bad thing, and not that being short is any different, but it's gonna make uh, Cody look like a big man. Uh, I think Warhorse, big. yeah, Warhorse has such a big presence on the internet that uh, you forget what he actually looks like in the ring. Maybe uh, <laughs> so. I'm hoping this dude pulls out all the stops, though. Give him a little bit of mic time. They seem to be giving at least people some mic time each time they come out for these or like, you know, Sonny Kiss does his dance number just to show a little bit of their personality. I think this TNT open challenge is just a, uh, an open invitation to get yourself over is, uh, really what it seems to be like. Um, but anyways, we're on MJF MJF, uh, you know, hits that heat seeker, uh, for the pin here. Nobody thought that he wasn't going to win. Um, and it, segued right into uh Britt Baker another Britt Baker promo her in the wheelchair uh I really like the part where uh Rebel was about to tell us her real name is Rebel not Reba and then you have Britt Baker uh screaming uh, I didn't need to see the images of her nose all broken up in bits and pieces but uh you know it's keeping her relevant usually they just take people off tv until they're better and then have this re-debut i like that she's kind of staying relevant but at the same time i would like to see different women get this spotlight right now than just Britt baker and big swole every week uh which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit later too because we need to establish more women we already like Britt baker we don't need more Britt baker we need more uh, Diamante. We need more uh, Penelope Ford. We need more Penelope Ford. Um, and then uh, just a little bit more Penelope Ford uh, would be nice. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, just other women, man. Anna Jay. We haven't heard from her since she walked off with the Dark Order. What happened to that? Where has she been? Does she have a new gimmick? Uh, like, I don't know. It, it just kind of baffles me. I like Britt Baker. I like this stuff. I just wish they were highlighting different women than her right now just because she can't do anything all this talk there's nothing she can do until at least all out so put put big swole in a different fucking feud until then have Britt baker come out of nowhere you know what i mean i just i don't know but the promo was what whatever talking about more role model stuff uh so what do you think on all this uh there buddy give us more abaddon <laughs> seriously you're right you hit the nail on the head um they always they're, they're they're doing great segments and like and that's i don't think either of us are saying that they're not producing quality segments but you're totally right like they've kept rip baker relevant and we've discussed that in weeks past as well um 
and that's and that's great for her. They do a better job at keeping uh, sideline talent relevant in AEW than I've ever seen any promotion do. But you're right. You know, they don't feel the need to highlight every feud every week in the ring. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. definitely give feuds room to breathe, and they can do that here with these. Uh, segments, whether they're pre-taped or whether they're live, um, we do need reasons to care about wrestlers. You know, we talked about the stacked dark card next week, and we got some women's matches in there. We've had some women's matches in the past week, but again, like we need reasons to care about these people. Give them, give them some time on the mic. Give them some time with these pre-taped segments. Uh, you know, and just again, like you said, share the screen time because um, they've been kind of giving us Britt Baker every time, every week, and. A lot of weeks they've been giving us Britt Baker multiple times a week. Yep. Um, I think we could, we could use the more of uh, likes of Penelope Ford, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah, uh, more Penelope Ford for me. Um, but th- this was, yeah. a, I mean, it, it was a definitely a good segment. I, I, I'm not trying to shit on it. I just, <sighs> it's just kind of frustrating because maybe the, the other girls aren't ready or maybe they're not ready for them to have different storylines run through because they have a lot going on, but it's their big, it's their, dude, I think it's their only gripe that anybody can make. Oh yeah. Their tag division's great. Their singles men's division's great. Their storylines are awesome, but where's their women's division? They have none. Um, and it's true, but it's also, they have, half their talent overseas stuck somewhere be Priestley, shauna um you got uh why am i sadie gibbs you got all these all these and you got injured you got people injured like baker you have people injured like chris statlander yeah um not you know nyla rose is only coming back from injury now but to be honest with you i wouldn't even say that their women's divisions like bad i actually think their women's division is good and i think they're putting on more consistent good matches than their counterparts in wwe are although i think wwe gives the women more time on the microphone i don't necessarily think that that translates to better quality matches i think that AEW still you know even in their shorter matches i think the women are still you know though they look rusty at times they're going for it you know what i'm saying they're not putting together a cookie cutter match you know they're looking to make themselves better and they're, they're looking to like show out as much as they can so um i do think they're doing a good job on that front they're starting to give us more matches which we have been begging for in the past couple months but uh now now it's time for character development you know yeah exactly i just want to i want something to believe in not just um you know only believing in penelope ford every (laughs) just kidding enough about that so (laughs) no you're not you're not kidding you're not not. (laughs) i'm not um so taz and cage come out um cutting uh, a little promo on Darby uh a little bit on Mox and uh you know you had Darby interrupting and here comes Ricky Starks again with the behind the behind the back smash into the ropes this is where i think Darby Allen got that concussion from man he hit that rope pretty fucking hard and those ropes ladies and gentlemen it's not a big bungee cord it's not something soft and fluffy it is a steel cable wrapped up. It hurts. It leaves bruises on people when they bounce off those ropes. So smacking your head straight on it still fucking hurts and it can still jar you. He could have got it from a different spot or maybe from, you know, the beat down. But it looks to me like that hit him pretty fucking hard. Um, but now now we're seeing this Ricky Starks uh, and Cage, you know, team here with Taz. Uh 
I like this, man. I think this is going to be great. You're going to have uh, maybe Taz getting out of being just the mouthpiece and more Ricky Starks uh, would be nice, uh, you know, giving him the, the time to talk coming out. I know that Taz is the manager, but now he doesn't have to be there all the time. Uh, you can have Ricky Starks cut promos for Cage, just like MJF does for Wardlow. Um, so it's kind of like the the off-brand uh, MJF and, and Wardlow is <laughs> Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Um, but I like both of these talents. You know me and you are big fans of uh, Ricky Starks. We both like Cage. And Taz is one of the legends of ECW, so you can't go wrong with this combination. On the other hand, John Moxley and Darby Allen. Now that is a fucking team right there, man. They're both hard hitting. They're both uh, got them. I don't give a fuck characters. Uh, Darby Allen is one of those uh, those meteoric rises from the time that he went out there and almost beat Cody um, to the time that he uh, <laughs> had his hands tied behind his back and uh, went toe to toe with the inner circle. Uh, the guy is amazing. He he does great work. And John Moxley bringing out that uh, barbed wire bat was just wonderful to see again. Uh, so what did you have on all this? I liked it, man. Um, I like Starkman Jones uh, teaming up. I think what did Excalibur call it? A uh, business relationship <laughs> yeah. um, on commentary, uh, which is an interesting way to put it because I think they're realizing that like, yo, all three of these guys can benefit from each other. Um, but if it does free Taz up, like you were kind of alluding to, I would like to see him back uh, back behind the announcer's table. I think he brings so much to the announce team, um, and I would like to see more of him on the main roster announce team. I don't know. I don't know how you would feel about that. I just think he could bring, you know, consistent legitimacy. Although I do like that they switch it up. I like when they put Jericho out there. I like when they put Taz out there. They have Cody out there sometimes. They have different guys out there sometimes, and that's, that's always cool to see. Um, but other than that, getting back to the promo, um, I think obviously it was a, a perfectly um, executed response to you know Moxley's promo earlier. We assumed that we were going to see him because we, we you know we saw him in the stadium in his promo earlier. So it was really great to see him come to Darby Allen's aid. Um, you're right, that would be an interesting team. I don't I don't know where they're going. They t- they tend to put teams together kind of based on storylines, and then they let them run for a little bit together. So. You know they're starting to build the the you know the Joey Janela Sunny Kiss team is um they've got a couple other guys that they've just put together um so we'll see what happens here you know I would tend to think that Cage and Darby Allen are going to go work a program uh, before Cage and My- Mox do um, so it'll be interesting to see where Moxley goes from a storyline from here um, but how about Ricky Starks man he was looking super suave wasn't he in that uh, little red turtleneck man that's a that's a suave guy uh, he looked like the old Rock picture. Uh, of him in the shades. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So this is this is their uh, their team, Team Taz. Team we Taz. build assassins. Is what they're going wow. with. How much more can we he build put assassins. over himself? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, like they AEW loves them some factions, don't they? Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, but well, we're know. about to have a big faction change up here. I'm sure, uh, you know, we'll get to that here shortly. Right. Uh, um, yeah. So with that, this, this segment was good. I want to talk about the next segment really bad, uh, because I don't know if you have a full list of the roster, but this women's tag tournament, um, deadly draw, right? Yeah. The deadly draw, 
which I think is great. It's going to showcase a lot of women. Uh, I hope it's, you know, maybe a full episode long. Maybe they break it up. But that just means there's going to be a lot of tag team wrestling going on in the women's division uh, each week on uh, on Dynamite. Um, now, my thing is, so we got Brandy and Allie, the Nightmare Sisters. Other than that, there's no tag teams. Who, who what, where, when, how, why, like how... Who do you see teaming up together? Uh, I don't even know who's in town, who the rosters are. Do they have to go with all of these indie girls uh, in this tournament and basically just put, uh, you know, Swole with somebody, put Nyla with some random girl, Abaddon with some random girl. Uh, you got Anna J, Penelope Ford, Hikaru Shida, which I think she should stay out of this. In my opinion, I think she should be more focused on singles, but... I mean, hey, uh, they can't really make tag titles right now because they can't even finish a TNT title because all those people are not working. So they have no tag titles to give away. I think that's why they're doing this cup, the solo cup, as you said. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. uh, I, I don't know. I, I want it to be great, and I, I'm loving the fact that we're going to see more women's wrestling on AEW, but I don't know... Maybe that's the fun of it. You don't know who the tag teams are going to be. There's going to be eight tag teams. We just know one, and that is um, Brandy and Allie, uh, and that's it. You got a couple hurt people that you th- you know you thought as much would be in a tag together, like Sheeta and Chris Statlander. Well, they were coming together just fine. You had Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford kind of doing their thing. So maybe that'll be a team, uh, Nyla and Penelope Ford, but. With that new manager of Vicky Guerrero, maybe she's got a different partner for her. Um, shit, Diamante and Ivelisse. I don't know if Ivelisse is signed. We'll get to that a little bit later. But um, Anna Jay, is she part of the Dark Order? Like, we don't know. These are all great questions, but this isn't going to happen till later this summer. I don't know why they're even hinting at it now. Maybe to get ready or, or they're scouting. Maybe they're scouting girls. Who knows? Um, but what do you got on this? And I'm really excited about this tournament. I think everything AEW has done so far, they've done it well. So they clearly at least have uh, an idea or an intention in mind of what this is going to look like. Um, You alluded to earlier uh, that we're having, obviously, some travel issues with COVID right now uh, for some of the folks in the women's division. Um, So we'll see how they kind of work that out. I I think, like you kind of said, I think they're going to fill it out with, like, the workers that they've been using. And I think that's why they've been bringing them in more and giving them more screen time because they probably have intentions of using them um, in this tournament. So I'm really excited about it. Um, We'll see what ends up happening. We'll see if they they give it to like, you know, the established team of the nightmare sisters, or, you know, they use it as an opportunity to give, you know, up and coming stars, like a time to shine. We'll kind of see what happens with this, but I'm sure they're going to do it well, whatever they do. Um, So I'm excited about it. Yeah. And then, uh, after this, we had that Jericho uh, little segment there. They're talking backstage. Uh, Jericho's still rocking that uh, used-to-be white $7,000 jacket. Um, but now it's stain of uh, orange, man. He's got um, the whole inner circle uh, besides one person um, standing around him. He's just kind of talking about, you know, orange uh, ruining the jacket and uh, asked Santana if he still smelled like oranges and uh, <laughs> Santana was like yeah yeah you do uh, 
and he you know walks off kind of angry and everybody kind of looks at him like why wouldn't you just like lie to him or something <laughs> um funny little spot it just plays into more of what happens later and set the setup for what's happening next week on uh dynamite so um this was all in all a good thing did you have any of this or you want to move on no, you can move on. You pretty much hit it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next match uh, was the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade. Um, this thing started in a kitchen. Uh, we had a couple back and forths in the kitchen, uh, a couple meat slaps uh, from <laughs> Matt to the Butcher and the Blade, literally hitting them with meat in their face. <laughs> um and, uh, dude, I really liked this match. It was really fun. They had some uh, little things during the match, like inside that, uh, you know, box truck uh, where, with all the shirts and stuff. They actually had a sign called, uh, it said, The Mud Show. Um, <laughs> starting, starts tonight or something like that. Basically a shot at Jim Cornette. Um, and it, it, it was just a, a fun match for me. I liked the tearing up the bar um, the little kiosk thing, uh, that's inside of the, uh, stadium. Uh, then, you know, you have the super kick up the escalator that literally segues into the commercial. We come back and they're dragging them into the ring. Um, it was, you know, a high flying match, uh, that, that butcher cross body into the table was awesome. The blade missing the dive and missing the table. Like <laughs> it was just, it was uh, back and forth, just in, in my opinion, one of those great Young Bucks matches. Uh, you get all the spots. Uh, then we get this awesome BTE trigger um, up on the stage. Uh, you had the tandem table spots jumping off of the the entranceways. Uh, through the table, you got an ode to the Hardy Boys, if you will. I know they uh, do a lot of their gimmicks, but you had Matt dropping a leg drop. And you had Nick Jackson doing the Swanton Bomb through a table. You got to think there's a lot of respect for that uh, tag team. And just using those moves, you got Nick pinning for the win. Um, and and to me, this was a great match. This was fun. This was uh, a great way to use your backstage. Uh, you know, it was a Falls Count Anywhere match. So they started off anywhere you know they they went through all the places it was just great ended sort of in the ring at least around the ring so it still uh brought everything full circle um but the ode to the hardy boys in my opinion was probably their frustration with uh what we're all frustrated with is this whole jeff hardy angle maybe he's in on it maybe he likes what he's doing but you can tell matt hates it um so I know there's a lot of respect uh, from the Young Bucks to the Hardy Boys. This whole alcoholic shit is just... It, I mean, they open SmackDown with a fucking... Hi, my name is Jeff and I'm an alcoholic. I get it. It might be good for his recovery. We don't know. But it just sounds like a lot of... Um, typical WWE being not... Um, just not a good company. <laughs> to say the least. Uh so what did you have on this whole match? Uh, to me, this was awesome. I love stuff like this. So, uh, yeah, what'd you got? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, it was a great, great car crash of a match. Um, funny spots. Um, like you said, starting in the kitchen with the meat slaps, um, just some really cool spots, some good work in the ring when they finally made it out to the ring for a little bit as well. Um, 
all around like a fun back and forth match. I like the Butcher and the Blade. I think they're a good tag team. Um, I thought the whole time that Young Bucks were going to go over, um, but they sure made this a nice lengthy affair and had a lot of cool spots in it. Um, the 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 BTE trigger was great. Um, the ending was awesome. I love that both of them came off the, I, I guess you know the the entrance area, if you will. I'm not sure if they were on top of the screens or what they were on top of there, but uh, kind of doing the like you said, Oda Hardy's um, in there at the end to get the win over Butcher and the Blade. That was great. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a cool match. I thought it had a lot of cool spots in it. Um, you pretty much kind of wrapped the whole match up when you were uh, discussing it. So uh, I don't have anything to add there, but uh, really, really fun segment. I really liked it. Um, after that, we moved on to what was supposed to be Alex Marvez interviewing Lance Archer and Jake Roberts. Um, but of course, uh, then we find him to be pulled into the locker room and Archer just demolished everybody that was in there. I think at one point he yelled, everybody dies. And that's terrifying to hear from Lance Archer. Um, but yeah, you know, eventually like puts the guy in the trash can, just kind of, you know, causes havoc all within the locker room, which is a uh, pretty intense, but pretty cool to see. Like I said, we've been, you know, needing to see more Lance Archer and see him be more destructive, but we need to see him in a good storyline. So hopefully something comes out of this. Would did you have anything on this? Yeah. The, the spot where he threw the guy through the ceiling was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I don't like about this is why does Lance Archer have to talk like Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle? You know, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched Malcolm in the Middle, but that's how his little friend in the wheelchair would talk. Uh, <laughs> so Lance Archer talking like this. It just doesn't... I don't know. I think he... He just needs to find his way a little bit, uh, just a little bit more. Uh, but I like the I like the throwing around guys uh, for sure. Um, but if you want, we can get into the the next match. Or did you have something to rebuttal? No, no, I, I agree with you. Like I said, I, I think it's cool to watch him beat people up and stuff like that. But we need to see him move into a meaningful storyline. I mean, you're kind of saying the same thing. Um, but that did lead us into. Uh, the next match, which is formerly of LAX, Diamante uh, versus, I, is it Ivelisse? Is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah, Ivelisse. Um, yes, and I think I, th I think they said that, that this was her first uh, singles match in AEW. I believe that's what they were saying. Um, but all in all, actually a really good match. I thought both women looked great here. Um, I thought it was a good a good back and forth. Um, I did not know who was going to win this match, though. They seem to have be, been getting behind Diamante. I kind of had the feeling she was going to... Uh, uh, going to win this match here. I thought it was interesting. They pan to Karashita, um, watching around the ring there. And, you know, I don't know where her, you know, her storyline is leading her, but, uh, you know, she is definitely in need of some worthy competition. So maybe they're building up Diamante here, of course. Nice back and forth, but she actually gets the, uh, picks up the win with a, uh, an inside cradle. Um, Evil East hit this nice, uh, powerbomb, uh, didn't get the pin. Um, but then just got caught in a roll-up at the end. So a, a win here for Diamante. What would you have on this match? Um, I, I, uh, Twitter, when this was announced, everybody went nuts for Ivelisse. Dude, I'm happy Diamante's here. She's been uh, shown on Dark a lot. I think she's a great talent. Uh, and Agreed. I, I liked that she went over here. I like that she's been given the time. This is another girl that we're going to get invested in. 
Uh, she had that release German that was awesome. She's got a great uh, repertoire of moves. She she's got it, and I like that she rolled her up like a just an easy something that people get caught in. Um, was a great finish. It was kind of hard hitting in the beginning, them slapping the crap out of each other. But to me, it seemed like, um, well, obviously, Ivelisse, a uh, little bit of ring rust. She hasn't got her, uh, you know, in the ring in a while. She's, you know, a vet for sure. Um, Diamante, in my opinion, looks stronger here. Um, the, the thing, it just seemed like they kind of got lost. Like they probably said, you know, these are the spots that I want to do. Um, and we'll fill in the rest. And I think the fill in the rest, uh, kind of got thrown out the window because some of the spot, it went a little long with like the slapping spots and the chopping and stuff like that. I think they were probably just going with the motions. I liked the match though. I thought it was great. Um, but I like Diamante's character, her personality, uh, you know, real badass. Uh, so to me it was, it was pretty good. Um, the old school roll-up to me is one of my favorite like exhibition matches. Uh, you know, kind of like an out of nowhere in anybody's game. Uh, I like when the underdog goes over. And this, the internet kind of put Ivelisse over. They were all excited about her, and uh, I like that Diamante. Uh, you know, not put a stop to that, but kind of showed like, you know, here I am. Look at me. Uh, you know, I'm somebody uh, who you don't want to mess with either. So. I like the match like uh, that Diamante went over. Uh, the next segment here was, uh, you know, Hangman Adam Page versus Allen Five Angels of the Dark Order. Uh, you know, one of the local talent guys that got himself over. The crowd loved him, so they made him a part of the Dark Order and gave him a contract. Um, you know, another person I wanted to see that was in that group was... Uh, I mean, is Preston Vance uh, ever going to be done healing, I guess? I don't know what exactly what kind of surgery he had, but it'd be nice to see him get some uh, some reps in, too. He was huge. He was a huge dude, 10, as you will. Um, but, dude, Hangman coming out, hard-hitting, huge boot from, uh, from Hangman. That, that was pretty awesome. You know, the Dark Order comes out to, like, watch and kind of sit by. Allen getting in good offense in the picture in picture. If you couldn't really tell, dude, he was beating the shit out of Hangman for a while. Um, it, it just, just the fact that where Hangman started and where Hangman is now, he's such a star in AEW. You know, tag title holder. Um, I, I just didn't think that this is what was going to come out of Hangman when we first saw him versus Jericho. Everybody had him. Uh, such the underdog and the newcomer and nobody uh, thought he was going to be the champ and uh, stuff like that. But now, dude, he could go dethrone John Moxley and people would cheer, even though we all love John Moxley and things like that. I'm just not that we want that to happen or that's where the storyline's going. I'm just saying he can be a world champion, a believable world champion now. And it's, it's, it's just awesome to see, but you know, we, the, the discus elbow that you had was dope. Uh, and then that pop-up power bomb for the win. We haven't seen Hangman use a power bomb as a finisher. Um, and, and then the, the dark order, uh, you know, you had Brody Lee come out, cut a little, you should join us kind of thing. Uh, Hangman saying, I'm not ready to join a fucking cult. Uh, <laughs> And he says, well, you just made your bed, so I hope you enjoy your sleep in it. 
and uh, Dark Order comes down and starts beating down Hangman. Uh, now I thought, what the hell are they doing with this? And out comes FTR, smashing uh, somebody in the face with a cooler full of beer, um, you know, making the save. And then here comes little old Kenny coming out too, a little too late. Um, you can kind of tell it, the rift is continuing with these two. Uh, so what did you have on this match in the segment following? Yeah, man, I, I like this match. Um, this, uh, I will say for Alan angels, I think though he did get some good offense in, I don't think this is the best match that he's worked. I mean, we, he's had some awesome matches in the past with likes of Kenny Omega and others like we've talked about. Um, but this, you know, he looked good here, but this match was always intended for Adam Page to win it um, and kind of the follow-up storyline after the match. So the match was pretty good. Um, again, one of those ones you you know going in what's going to happen. But like you said, I did like to see him win the match with that power bomb. That, that was pretty cool. Um, we talked about that earlier with the Hikaru Shida getting the pin on, um, on Dark with the Falcon Arrow. I think we talked about that earlier. So all of the meat of this segment was definitely at the end. You talked about uh, Brody Lee coming out, making a proposal to Hangman Adam Page, which inevitably he was going to decline. Um, you know, I remember texting you. I think I watch on the internet on my on uh, Spectrum's website at my house, um, and I uh, I think I'm a little bit delayed from you. So I actually, when this segment, when the end of the segment started, when Dark Order was coming down, beat up on at uh, Adam Page, I knew FTR was making that save. It was just like in my gut, it was like FTR is about to come out and make this save. And I texted you. That's when I said, "It's happening! It's happening!" Um, and uh, alas, out they come with the cooler, uh, hitting Dark Order with the ice and beers. Um, you know, cleaning house, like you said, Kenny Omega coming late to the party here. Um, and looking on as uh, FTR, you know, offers a Hangman a beer. Um, they get a nice little handshake and have a beer together and. Hangman was kind of had this, like, well, that's what it, this just happened kind of look. So, um, as you mentioned earlier, the rift, the chasm between them, uh, just growing larger and larger by the week here. Um, pretty much everything that we see them on together, uh, albeit BTE or on Dynamite or whatever, um, it just seems to be uh, they're on the same page uh, less and less these days. So, cool segment. Um, I think it's definitely leading towards the cleaner coming back. Um, turn and heal, uh, you know, I'd like to discuss with you, um, after we're done with this last match, um, some predictions for the future here, but, uh, moving on, we are going to move on to our main event of Jurassic Express, uh, with Marcus Stunt versus Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. And of course, as you can expect, proud and powerful at their side as well for this match. Um, it was a pretty great match. Uh, I love this match Jericho and, uh, Jungle Boy started this match off, um, you know, just kind of goes back and forth uh, pretty quickly. Uh, Hager comes in, Luchasaurus comes in, a kind of a hoss fest at that point. Um, you know, this match kind of goes back and forth, uh, which we've come to expect from both of these teams, that uh, they're going to get in their offense and they're going to look good doing it. Um, Jericho goes in to show you week after week uh, why he's the greatest, why he's Le Champion, why he's the demo god. Um, you know, quickly targeting Luchasaurus's leg in this match, uh, his ankle, uh, just kind of working it, trying to keep the big man down like you would in normal psychology. Um, at some point, we see Matt Hardy 
uh, watching from the kind of the upper bowl kind of away from everybody, uh, interestingly enough. So uh, maybe the storyline with Sammy Guevara is kind of back on, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, we'll see when his suspension ends. Um, so anyway, this match goes back and forth. Um, you know, you think Lucha, uh, I'm sorry, Jurassic Express is going to win this at some point. Uh, Marco Stun interferes, Proud and Powerful interferes. Um, Jake Hager actually looked pretty good in this match. Um, I thought that he looked more imposing than he's looked in the past. Uh, but this match really, like I said, uh, just like all matches, they're kind of all about Jungle Boy. He always ends up looking like the star. Um, but again, uh, you know, Jericho uh, picking up the win for his team with actually the code breaker, interestingly enough. Um, you haven't seen him pick up too many victories with the code breaker. Um, and then, of course, after that, Serpentico comes uh, from out of the crowd. It looks like he's joining up with the inner circle um, and he starts to beat up on uh, Jurassic Express with the inner circle. He does this really sweet. Um, I don't I can't remember. If it's like a shooting star press or 450 or whatever he did off the top rope. Um, and I was like, holy shit, I text text you and I said Serpentico inner circle only to find out. The mask comes off. It's Sammy Guevara back from his suspension. The big reveal at the end of the night. Um, hopefully he's made some changes in his life that warrant this reinstatement. Uh, but I am happy to see him back. Uh, he's a good performer, and I think he can obviously bring a lot to the roster. Um, and that's how we ended Dynamite this week. Uh, like I said, a really cool last match here. Um, Jeff, I know you've got a lot on this match. Uh, what did you think? I mean, right away, Jericho beating up Jungle Boy, Hager literally cutting that ring in half like any normal tag uh, match. But really, I mean, they put a hurting on Jungle Boy in this first half of this match. Um, I loved, uh, like you were saying, you know, Hager bringing out that side of him that we know is in there that we haven't really got to see. But he looked, I mean, he looked vicious, man. I wouldn't want to get in the ring with that guy. That looked more vicious than any MMA fight I've seen him in. Uh, he looked like a true badass. He looked like he was pissed off. Uh, like maybe he heard all the criticism finally of his matches. Um, but Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, I think, are the uh, the the showcase here, man. Uh, Luchasaurus really came out in this match too, showing off. Uh, a lot of his moves uh, got busted open in that ear. Um, you know, Hager really giving it to him, man. He he wasn't taking anybody's shit. Um, you know, Matt Hardy watching intensely in the in the crowd was that that was a cool moment. Uh, you know, Jungle Boy just taking a lot. I mean, dude, he took a lot of offense. Uh, he had a cool couple uh, Hurricane Rana's couple spots. You know, Jungle Boy always doing. Uh, the, the the nice hot tag comebacks, uh, you know, getting getting Luchasaurus in there. Uh, it was just an awesome match for me. Uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite uh, spots in this was that counter into the double DDT that Jungle Boy had. It was a, just a really cool little little spot there. But you're right, uh, the Serpentico spot at the end was uh, a nice little surprise. You know, uh, him hitting Luchasaurus in the back. Uh, Jericho getting the code breaker, which we normally see him finish with that Judas effect. So it's nice to, uh, nice to see that code breaker get a win every once in a while. Um, and then that huge shooting star press, man. Uh, I thought Serpentico, you look a little bit bigger and you look a little bit more <laughs> like somebody else. Uh, and it was Sammy Guevara. Um, the thing I want to talk about is Sammy Guevara's whole suspension and all that stuff. What he said uh, was awful. 
and but it was four years ago. Um, obviously, he is a completely different person altogether, uh, and he has been for some time. He even talked about it in his video, which uh, you know, AEW handled it the way I think things like that should be handled. Obviously, if it was a more severe punishment, no time is. Uh, you know, oh, he, well, he did that eight years ago. Yeah, but he killed somebody. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a different thing uh, all in all. But just saying something stupid and idiotic, and it wasn't really uh, the right thing to do. At the time, he was looking for shock humor, uh, which, you know, as guys, uh, we say stupid shit that we don't mean uh, a lot. And, you know, I, I mean, I've never said anything like I wanted to rape somebody, but... Uh, it's just it. It's nice to see that he didn't get completely canceled. This cancel culture uh, stuff is just some of it's just I mean completely insane. But uh, not going to get into the political or any cancel culture stuff anymore. Uh, just nice to see Sammy Guevara back. Um, you know, a month away is is uh, you know, and all of his all of his proceeds, his whole paycheck went to Jacksonville's. Uh, um, I think it was the battered woman shelter or uh, something like that, you know, which is great. Uh, so I, I'm just excited to see what, what we can get into with Sammy Guevara. But I do want to talk about one thing. After all of that, do you really put him back with the inner circle? I mean, it's nice for him to come back and resume his storyline. But for him to be a heel all over again, the jackass heel, the misogynistic look that he had, wouldn't you want to like... I don't know, turn it into more of a, not a gimmick, but, you know, I've really kind of learned from what I've done, blah, blah, blah. Maybe being an asshole all the time isn't the way to go, stuff like that. And that's an easy way to turn him into a baby face. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. They missed the spot that he could have come in with, you know, a different haircut, you know, wearing long pants, like doing the doing the different thing like kind of uh, distancing himself from the heel faction you know and we we were kind of texting about it i do think it looks kind of weird because jericho hadn't really made any other statement except like kind of disassociate himself with with sammy Guevara for the time being after the allegations came out or after this surfaced not necessarily allegations but after mm -hmm. what he said surfaced um he seems to have grown by everything he said and and, and to her credit sasha banks is I won't say come out to defend Sammy Guevara because it's an indefensible thing that he said, but she has, you know, uh, verified that yes, you know, he reached out, we had a discussion. He seems to really understand the error in his ways, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we're cool in my book. Um, so I, you're right. I do think they missed an opportunity here for him to kind of come back as like a more reformed person, which is, you know, kind of breaking kayfabe, but that's what we're doing these days with the accessibility that we have to these people um via twitter or via social media in general like the line between kayfabe and like real is like so so diminished these days that like you know you can kind of get to know who these people are in real life um you know and and, and most of them are all willing to share you know who they are in real life so i think like you you alluded to earlier they just they missed that chance to kind of come out as this reformed man um so i do have to agree with you on that man yeah it, it was uh it was a great dynamite still all in all. Uh, I don't think I don't, I don't think there was any popcorn moments uh, because it was still nice to see the women's match. You know, a lot of people think the women's matches are supposed to be these popcorn matches and blah, blah, blah. I enjoy them in AEW. I, uh, I'm sure a lot of people enjoy them elsewhere. Um, 
that's why my homework was what it was this week. Uh, I think we need to pay a little bit more attention. And uh, do you have any, uh, you know, parting thoughts on this week's uh, AEW content? Yeah, man. I wanted to actually go back um, and discuss what I kind of brought up, uh, discussing the end of the Adam Page, uh, Alan Angels slash Dark Order segment. Um, Kenny's going to turn heel, right? I mean, that's that's inevitably got to happen. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, like, okay, what's going to happen when Kenny turns heel, when he goes back to the cleaner? I honestly think, I think you're going to see Kenny take the title from Moxley at some point. I think he's the next in line. And then I think after that, you start your Kenny. You, at some point, you're going to move to your Kenny Omega, Adam Page storyline. I think Adam Page ends up being the one to dethrone Kenny. Um, but I think that kind of makes sense. Um, we're seeing, you know, hints, hints here and there that the cleaners are turning. Um, he kind of had that dumbfounded look on his face, you know, watching his partner, you know, be protected by another team that is going after their championships. He just kind of looked like a deer in the headlights there. Like something's going on in that head. I, I, I We're going to see the hair extensions. We're going to see the cleaner, man. I think it's going to happen. So the washer. Um, I just. The washer, the cleaner, man. <laughs> on BTE, <laughs> I want to know what you think about that, man. <laughs> on BTE, they're uh, they're like, you know, that guy, that gimmick that Kenny used to do. What is it? The washer, yeah, the washer. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I don't, I don't know where they're going. There's so many, um, there's so many things that could happen with this whole thing. Obviously, FTR and Hangman. Uh, are, are getting I think this is all a ruse too I think I think they're distracting I think they're gonna come out I don't think hangman's gonna even be a part of this you know oh we're just southern boys this is what we do blah 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 or Carolina boys or whatever they said um I think this is just a way to uh make a rift happen in between Kenny and uh and hangman so they can have a chance at beating the ultimate tag team of Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. Um, this could be a way to just um, put some bad blood within that team, and maybe we'll see more if, once we uh, this story unfolds. But the closer we get to All Out, the the more we will find out. I hope Kenny Omega turns heel. Uh, you know, he's beating down Marco Stunt. That's a big heel moment right there. The, the ultimate uh, baby face that could probably never be heel in his life is Marco Stunt. Uh, he's always going to get the sympathy vote from everybody in a match. So Kenny Omega beating down him and, uh, you know, his little spots on BTE and his slow turn. Um, it kind of seems like a lot of baby faces nowadays are having that slow heel burn turn. Uh, you got Hangman, you got Kenny, you got... Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, doing some heel tactics here and there. So I don't know if they're just trying to blur the lines between heel and babyface or if they're actually going to do this big list shakeup and have a, you know, have some people turn heel, have some people uh, turn babyface. I mean, this could be a chance for Wardlow uh, to break away from MJF and have a babyface run. Instead of being an ass, he can be a great big guy. Uh, this is also a way that you can turn uh, Santana and Ortiz, uh, get them away from the Dark Order. You, you could do the same thing with Sammy Guevara. You know, Matt Hardy uh, always kind of telling Sammy he needs to get away from Jericho, uh, having those little segments in, in BTE and, and talking about we're cool, it's no big deal. Uh, maybe 
maybe Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara team up. That'd be something I'd like to see too. Um, so it, it just seems like there's going to be a big shakeup after All Out. Uh, I'm excited to see what the matches are. Uh, you know, uh, we're still a long way from there. Uh, we haven't even got into August. So, uh, like you said, or maybe we talked about it off air. September 5th was last year. So we'll see where it falls this year. Um, within the COVID times, I don't, I don't see there being a crowd even in September. I think, I th- think until 2021. Uh, it is September 5th this year, by the way. This year? Oh, they already announced what date it is? Yes. Okay. So, yes. Um, yeah, it'll fall on that day, and it, it'll be – I think it's going to be awesome. All Out's one of my favorite pay-per-views uh, out of all of them. I, I th- you know, double – I haven't seen a bad pay-per-view from them, really, if you think about it. there's an, Every single one of them have had great matches, uh, great segments, and, you know – pretty much four four and a half stars for each of them if not a five star like revolution uh, it was it was amazing i know that everybody hates star rating right now but uh yeah oh by the way i just rewatched revolution actually earlier this week man what an awesome pay-per-view that oh, was yeah, seriously it was, so freaking good it was, um you mentioned all out um the interesting thing is that dynamite prior to all out will be the first dynamite that they will be able to officially uh, Chris and John Moxley as the longest reigning AEW World Heavyweight Champion, which, which begs the question from me to you: is who dethrones John Moxley? I've asked you this in the past, but who do you think right now dethrones John Moxley? I don't know. Um, with this team up with Darby, it, it makes me think maybe Darby, maybe somebody that we don't know out of the, you know, out of the blind eye of John Moxley or somebody new. I, I just don't know. I don't see. Or maybe MJF uh, getting a feud within this next month uh, with John Moxley because he's the number one contender. Uh, we gotta take that into context. He's kind of getting dodged from John Moxley in this whole picture. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you got any anything else, or you want to go into our final segment? Well, for the record, I do think it will be Kenny Omega. But let's go into <laughs> our uh, final segment, Jeff. We are going into. The official match of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the official match of the week uh, for me is actually going to be the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, It was just refreshing high spots, uh, you know, stuff that I like, the little, uh, you know, jabs at Jim Cornette's mud show bullshit. Uh, I just, all in all, I liked it. Uh, It wasn't the most... um, (laughs) technically sound match at all uh but i just love the funny little uh you know the super kicks up the elevator or escalator the (laughs) the throwing the butcher uh onto a table and then using a a sheet pan to leg drop on top of him for the table not even to break uh it's just it was funny it was great Uh, the tandem uh you know entrance jump off through table set you know spots were awesome and yeah, I think it was just a fun match for me. Uh, it's not something I, I I didn't think the the Young Bucks were gonna lose here at all, but it was just fun. I love the Young Bucks. I love what they do. Uh, you know, they're not for everybody, but to me, I think they're the greatest tag team of all time. So, uh, what did you have for your uh, match of the week, buddy? Yeah, that was a great match. It was in consideration for me. 
Um, want to throw out some love to Dark because I thought they had a great show, but I am going to pick the match of the week also from Dynamite, the TNT Open Championship Challenge between Eddie Kingston and Cody Rose. I thought this was a great hard-hitting affair. Um, got back to some of their hardcore roots. The tack spot was awesome. Um, just a hard-hitting match. Great, great in-ring psychology. Uh, you know, working the knees, getting that figure four for the win. Um, just an all-around super, super fun match. The promo before, like I discussed earlier, was beautiful. One of the best promos I've heard in a long time. Um, up there with John Moxley as far as, like, this is who I am. Like, very clearly, he's got that Yonkers accent. Um, super believable New York dude. Um, much love to Eddie Kingston. A big shout-out here. Hope he gets signed to AEW. But that's going to be my match of the week. So, uh, like you said, we ha- did have a great week of AEW content. Um, earlier, you discussed the... Uh, Dark card that we had, the stacked dark card. Uh, I just real quickly want to touch on the four matches that we know um, so far that are announced for Dynamite next week. We have uh, John Moxley and Darby Allen teaming up, um, as we expected, to take on Brian Cage and Starkman Jones, uh, Ricky Starks. Um, so that'll be an interesting match to see what happens after what happened this past week. Um, we'll have Hikaru Shida versus Diamante. We touched on earlier seeing Hikaru Shida at ringside against Diamante. I was wondering if they were going to start a little program there. So it looks like we're going to at least get the first match uh, of, of, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. Um, we're, of course, going to have the TNT title open challenge. Uh, Cody versus uh, Warhorse. Um, so it's, you know, we know it. We know who this one is, um, which doesn't happen every week. Happens sometimes, but uh That'll be an interesting one to see earlier. Jeff, you touched on the height difference between the two, so the uh, optics <laughs> of that are going to be, be kind of funny. Um, and last but not least, so far we have announced uh, Omega and Paige versus the Dark Order for the AEW Tag Title. So um, we'll see if the dissension between Paige and Omega uh, becomes more palpable next week as it has every uh, week uh, leading up to now, and I think we'll continue to do so. So that one will be interesting to uh Keep an eye on, see kind of what FTR's involvement ends up being in that as well. So shaping up to be another great week of AEW content next week. I know they'll announce more between then and now. So uh, I can't wait to see next Wednesday, and we'll watch Dark on Tuesday, and then we'll I guess we'll uh, do this again next week, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure, buddy. Um, so that'll be it from us, guys. You can find me on Twitter at 100ElitePod. Um, you can find Zach... At Orange Zachity. That's the freshly squeezed O R A N G E Z A C I T E Y. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, you guys know where to check out the song at the end of the episode. Show my boy Eric some love uh, for letting me use his uh, song for 32 episodes. Um, he's an awesome guy. So hit him up, Edge uh underscore 419 on twitter bug the crap out of them tell them uh, 100 elite sent you guys there to do so um and then f- edge 419 on pretty much twitch youtube uh and then to find the music uh just type in edge music uh, and he's got all of his songs on there there's pretty good stuff so uh with that being said we will see you guys on the next one see you buddy Later, later, later. So you can call me Legion, but we are many. You are one, we have plenty. You have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun. You're walking backwards while I run, met without, cause you're out done. Open my mouth as I erupt, regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me, you're never stopping this. You never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this. So I'll just bring the heat and leave them powerless to try to step to me, so maybe you should crawl a bit.